Back here at the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, joining me now is longtime editor-in-chief of Ring Magazine and now author. He's got a brand new book that's coming out, I believe, in the next month or so. Nigel Collins. Nigel, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I'll hold the book up so people can see it. Hooking off the jabs. Real, real nice cover. I like the cover. Who's this that is, Who do you got on the cover, by the way? Morris Curry. Oh, wow. Um, this is taken from a number of different publications from 1980 until this year. So uh, I pulled a lot. The hardest part of this was deciding what stories to use when you've written thousands. So we start out with Muhammad Ali and we end with Mike Tyson. But in between, a bad book, there's yeah. a lot of other stuff. I'll just uh, read you some of the chapters. Um, Modern Superstars has a section with uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Daddy and Ward, Dino Hoya, Hopkins, Barrera, Roy Jones. And then we have a section called a walk on the dark side. Yeah. Um, and there's stories in here about the Philadelphia Death Squad. I don't know if you remember that. No. And um, there's a story about Sonny Banks, who uh, died in the ring in Philadelphia. Um, there's some good stuff, too. But I got big biographies on the guys like uh, Dick Tiger. Um, you name it, it's in there. So uh, there's a little something for but uh, it's um, $18.99, so that's not too outrageous. Well, if you can't come by here, which I see you're doing a good job selling stuff today, where can you find it? Well, I'm doing a series of book signings until it's released uh, on Amazon November 15th. Wow, okay. You can do pre-order. I don't even know what pre-order is. How can you pre-order? <laughs> but you can do that now, and then you'll get it right away. But I'm going to have another one in Philly at a sports bar, Jimmy's Sports Bar. Okay. And uh, I'm going to do as many as I can. That's how you sell books. You you mentioned 1980, 1980 you started. Um, 40, 42 years. That's, a, that's, that's almost like six different years in boxing. Well, you know, the thing is, that's where the material's from. I actually, my first fight I covered for the ring was 1972. Oh, wow. So 50 years in boxing. So, yeah, I've been in 50 years. I don't have any of that material anymore, you know. But uh, this material, I'm a better writer now. So it's not that it's not that great of a loss because I could do three of these. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a, so I tried to mix it up instead of having all about one thing. And uh, there's a little bit of humor in it. Like I did a section um, called the, the bad guys, the guys you love to hate. Uh -huh. And that was funny. I, I made it funny. Uh, another one that's funny that doesn't sound funny, but it is because I wrote it funny, about boxing riots. Why, why fan, boxing fans riot? And that sounds like a serious subject, but I've always loved those things. I don't run away. I like hide. I don't know what it is. It's sort of crazy. So that's written in a funny way. I guess the most famous recent ride was the Rick Bow one with Goliath. Were you there at Madison Square Garden that night? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's funny though. Our photographer was a staff photographer. He ran away. 
we both we both had to buy pictures uh, from somebody else. I guess I guess it could go either way. Either either you stay there and capture, or you run the well, heck you know, away. The thing then. is, they always say the safest place is underneath the ring. How many people can you get under there? Yeah, I hear you. Eight, Eighteen thousand yeah. people there. Yeah, you- it's uh, you know. Boxing is about fighting. It's not like going to a baseball game or even a football game or going to a concert or whatever. It's all about fighting. And these people have had a few drinks. Maybe they bet on the wrong guy. I remember the first ride I was at was at the Philadelphia Arena. And um, an out-of-towner got screwed with a fight with Augie Panatellis. And for some reason, the people in the balcony really hated that. And they started throwing bottles. And if you remember, the arena floor was concrete. So when they hit, they went off like hand grenades. And everybody was running away, but I just crouched down behind my seat. And this is a funny, there was only two people left at ringside, me and Gene Courtney who was the boxing writer for the Inquirer. He had early deadline. He's sitting there typing. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. His wife is holding a folding chair over his head so he wouldn't get hit. So I'm fascinated by that stuff. So that, that I, wrote, I wrote that in a funny way to sort of take the edge off because there's a lot of edge in other stories. Let me guess, and only a few people w- would know this kind of inside joke. <laughs> I would imagine our great late friend, and your longtime running buddy, Jack O'Reilly, was probably fighting people in the crowd that night. I have <laughs> never seen Jack fighting, but I miss Jack. I miss him terribly. I mean, this is funny, unusual, shall we say. Years ago, he noticed over my house that I didn't have a proper big knife for cutting bread and stuff. <laughs> right? He just gave me one for Christmas. I use it every day. Every time every time I pick it up, I think of Jack. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, what? There, there's some symmetry there. You see a knife, you yeah. think of Jack. Well, he gave it to me. But, you know, I saw him. We went over to see him for the last time um, two days before he died. Mm-hmm. And he was still the same oh, Absolutely. Jack. He was still like the tough guy. I. He was acting like it was nothing. I went over there with my now wife a week before he passed away, yeah. and I told my wife, "I'm going to make him. I'm going to try to make him curse me out today." <laughs> no, nah, he, he didn't do it. You mentioned 50 years. What, what's your what was your favorite era? Maybe two, three year span. Was it, you, you have a favorite time in boxing? Well, you know, I basically had two different times. I started out. I was a freelancer for 10 years or more. So the 70s in Philly at the Sixth Spectrum was a wonderful time. You know, of course, Betty Briscoe was the big drawer, but so was Tyron Everett, Saad Muhammad, then Matthew Frank, and even brought Duran in for one fight. There was so many good fights and so many good... So I really thought that was a very special era. You see Saad Muhammad, all those wars at the Spectrum, they were unreal. So... And then... When I became the editor of Ring Magazine, it was uh, 1984. So that, the 80s were pretty good, too. Because, you know, I got to go to Vegas to see uh, Burns and Leonard, Hagler and Burns, all the big fights. You know, and so 
that was great. Now, now you're you actually gonna segue into my next question. I just had Tim Witherspoon here, and I mentioned when, when Tim fought Holmes, those were close circuit, even though Tim Witherspoon was an unknown guy. You mentioned that the Hagelhearns, the world stopped for those fights. I mean, the world, good morning, America. Why don't why don't you think I'm not saying maybe you have a good morning America broadcast live from XYZ fight, but what has happened that where that major mainstream thing, there's a lot of great fights that are out there and could be made, whatever, doesn't get that recognition. Well, I think there's a lot of different elements. Number one, of course, there are no newspapers anymore. Now, I was talking to Russell one day and I said, well, listen, there's all these podcasts and websites. He said, yeah, but listen to this. He said, maybe you're reading the paper for a football or a baseball story. Mm-hmm. And you've turned the page over and there's a boxing story. You might go. You might get interested. The websites are all about boxing. Right. So only boxing people will go to them. So you don't, you can't recruit people from the newspaper business. That's one thing. Uh I worked for Al Heyman for a year, and he paid me very well. So I'm not anti-Al Heyman, but I think the money he started to pay fighters, he was overpaying them, and now they still want to be overpaid. Yeah. And he he, doesn't, he, he had like 500 fighters, now he's got, what, maybe 50. So, you know, the price has gone up. The streaming is good, and I think streaming is the wave of the future. But they put, it was supposed to get rid of pay-per-view. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight the, I mean, I'll watch any fight that people pay me to watch, but I'm not paying that. You know, when when they had the uh, third fight between um, Triple G, and Canelo, we went to a movie house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of 75 bucks, it was 25 bucks. How was that experience? The picture's great. Wow. It's fucking huge. And it's very sharp. Don't sit too close to the screen because they have it on really loud. Yeah, okay. But, but I mean, 25 compared to 75, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I think pay-per-view... Uh, they used to be for the really great fights. And they still have those. Especially, especially when Pacquiao was fighting. I mean, they were always exciting. And you wouldn't mind paying yeah. whatever it was back then. Because you knew it was going to be a real fight. You know? Uh, if it's a Floyd Mayweather fight, you don't know whether it's going to be a good fight. Probably not unless it was the first half of his career. So now... If it's pay-per-view, the only time I actually pay for it is when my editor's going to reimburse me. Um, back, back to the book for a second, um, and this might be like picking your favorite kid. Do you have a favorite story or passage in the book? Not really a passage, but um, now that I've been around a while, <laughs> I'm allowed to include myself in the story. Yeah, absolutely. And I wrote one that you would love. It's called 10% Off the Top, The Misadventures of a Frontman. So I fronted five different fighters oh, wow. okay. for Russell Peltz. And the stories were unreal. One imagine. of them was Jerome Artis. Okay. 
Now, Jerome Artis beat Sugar Ray Leonard in the National Golden Cup. He was no bum, but boy, all he wanted to do was party. He could come off the street and go eight rounds, fight for six, hang on for two. But that's so he was a real character. But the one that you've got to read about if you get this is the Alfonso Hamer. No he, relation. No relation. No. no. <laughs> he, he was a good welterweight, got in the top 10 for a while. But that was a real experience. Um, so I like that chapter because nobody knew now. That I used to manage that's, that's, so that's a great ago. story. Yeah. I mean, I you didn't know. I, I, I know of you. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a writer, yeah, right? writer. So I realized after a while that I wasn't cut out to be a man. I think I'd be a sneaky, sneaky person, a liar, all that sort of stuff. And that's not me. So after a while, I just I gave them their contracts back. You see, uh, we're just talking because uh, one of the greatest fighters ever lived just walked in the room. Who's that? One Manos Dipietro just walked in the room. Who? Roberto Duran. Oh, yeah, he's in everywhere. Yeah. I remember when he was grouchy. Now he loves everybody. <laughs> um. Before we get, I'll let you hawk the book one more time. Where do we? Where can? Where can we see you uh, writing uh, in 2022? I know you uh, dabble in a couple places. Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to be at the uh, next one. Is going to be at uh, Jimmy Sports Bar mm-hmm. up in the Northeast. That's later this month. But where can? Where? Where? Where are you writing now? Where, where are we seeing your articles today? Oh, okay. Right now, my main thing is the British Boxing News. Great. They're a weekly. I love it. All right. I subscribe to it. I did. And, um, it just got too expensive. Well, you know, they got digital and paper. Yeah. But digital's cheap. Okay, maybe I'll get that. Uh, but and, it's an awesome magazine. It really and, is. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets better and better. And I was started up a, a magazine, a digital magazine uh, called Ringside Seats. Okay. Um, there was this guy, uh, Michael Cronenberg, who was a boxing fan, and he was a, a designer of books and magazines and all, graphic artist. And his father had been a major boxing fan, amateur fight. So he wanted to start a boxing magazine. So him, me, and another guy got together, and I was the most pessimistic. Michael was over the moon, thought it was going to be great. And Eddie Mueller, who was the third guy, he was sort of neutral. So what we decided to do is do one issue and see how it went. And the writers would write for nothing, the first issue. And we're in our fourth year now. Or fifth year. Wow. And that's how many issues has that been? What is it monthly? What is a quarterly? Quarterly, okay. And Basically, what it's about is good writing. Yeah. Nobody can write for it. We're only interested in reporters. They're, they have a job. That's great. But it's very creative. A lot of good writers. And the graphics are fantastic. That was a paper version as well. So you can get paper or you can get digital. Mm-hmm. Paper you got to get from Amazon. Yeah. But the digital is cheap. Now, the main thing in publishing is paper, printing, and distribution. All that goes away with digital. Yeah. That's why you can get it for four bucks instead of 14. It's unbelievable, yeah. So, you know, um, I I don't know what's happening with the ring. Uh, my lips are sealed, but uh, I think they're on very thin ice. 
But um, it's mainly those two that I write for, The Ringside Seat and The British Boxing Youth. Did you read the new one where I did the story about Zaire Rahim? What's that? Did you read the recent, uh, I guess maybe last week or the week before, in Boxing News, I wrote a story about Zaire Rahim? No. I'll be sure to read it. He was... um, I, I ran into the Pennsylvania Boxing Hall of Fame. I hadn't seen him since he quit fighting. And he told me a story. It's amazing. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But it made it. And nothing, I just suspected it was going to be a regular interview. Because I was trying to get Fearless Freddy, and he never showed. I don't know what happened to him. So it's so it's a year. So I got us, well, we did interview him. Now he's got a gym with another guy. But um, remember when he beat Eric Morales? What's that? He beat Eric Morales. Yes. Remember that? That was his big fight. Yep. And they screwed him after that. They didn't move him right. Yeah. See, here comes back home once in a while. Yeah. He, he like said, he had Murray brought a fight. I just saw him at the Pennsylvania Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. He so, looked good, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. He, he looked like he was ready for the club that night. Yeah. He. Uh, I teased him about his pink coat. Yeah. He looked good in yeah, it. Yeah, he did. And, and so. You know, he was in the Olympics when David Reed yep. was, right? And David Reed Aaron's got all the publicity because yep. he got a gold medal right. with a one-punch knockout. Zaire lost his second fight. And um, he got a contract with their top rank. And they put him in, <coughs> they never put him in big fights. Yeah. They had the one in Texas, um, Rocky Juarez, where they stole it from him. Yep. The referee kept giving him penalties for holding mm-hmm. behind the head three times in a fight in the other guy's hometown. So fought Freitas for the title. I know yeah, that. that was terrible fight. They were falling all over. It was terrible. Because uh, they were both I don't Freitas used to be aggressive but he wasn't aggressive. Zaire was never aggressive. And when you read the story You'll know why. I right, look. I'm. I'm gonna read it. So, so, so here's a friend of mine. I. I, I said I haven't talked He's to him. He's a nice guy. Very nice guy. Very I mean, nice guy. he always looks sad when I saw him at the gym. When, when they when they were in the Olympics, they had a a big like all on the wall in the gym. They had a poster. This is a welcome back our Olympic heroes. So we posed them in front of it. Right. David one end and Zaire so on the other end. David's smiling like a guy would if he's getting a million, multi-million dollar contract. I wrote he looked like his dog had just died. Oh, wow. So I always thought he was, maybe he was depressed. Like you say, he's a pretty happy-go-lucky guy now. Now he's like, you know, he, at the uh, Pennsylvania Boxing Hall of Fame, Fred Jenkins called me over to take a picture of them together. And then I read the story, and... Fred was really, he was his savior. He was his savior. Fred has saved hundreds of boys from of, that neighborhood. There are a lot of lot of guys in a lot of towns. I call, you know, I call them, uh, you, know, say, you know, they're like real pillars of the community. So, Well, boxing saved him too, and he got out, I guess, because of his defensive style. And he, I think he ended up like 23 and 3. Um, he got out in time. He's running a gym uh, in Atlanta. 
he told me him and his buddy found it, a, a vacant building boarded up. They turned it into a real nice gym. So it's like the metaphor of boxing. It's you know you you turn nothing into something. There's a, yeah. a lot of those stories. One more time. Yeah, one more story you ought to read. It's called Sparring with Aikens. Aikens is a famous painter who used to paint boxers. Okay. And yeah, there's his best paintings in the Museum of Fine Arts. So I went to the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts. I didn't go to university. Mm -hmm. He used to teach there. He wasn't dead. He was dead then. And he was like an anti-hero. And um, I read the story about him and me because I shouldn't have been in that place. I was no good. I was a third-rate artist. And you had to submit a portfolio. And I did a picture of Dick Tiger and Gene Fulmer fighting over the cover of the magazine. And it sucked. And now I realize maybe they took me in because I did a boxing picture. But anyway, uh, Aikens, that's another good story. I like to write the unusual. I always try to find an angle that nobody else is using. Very apropos for boxing. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of it's just cookie cutter stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? One more time, let's uh, put the book up and tell us where we can get it. Yep, you can get it on Amazon. You can pre-order now. Um, and if you're in the Philadelphia area, um, you can come to one of my book signings. Um, so listen, even if you don't want the book, you can come up and shake my sand and say hi. Well, I'll shake your hand now. All Thank right. you for a few minutes of your time, and we look forward to reading this book. All right, man. Thanks a lot for your help. Thank you.